We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think the rebounding obviously is a... The biggest part of the game, uh, you get out rebounded 29 rebounds. You're not going to really. I th- I'm surprised we were in the game when we tied it. We were down 24 rebounds when the game was tied in the second half. Um, you know, you can't play like that. Uh, we have to get more. Barama's got to be able to contribute out there and rebound. And uh, you know, he just uh, was out of the game almost without uh, a whimper. Um, we're not making the, some of the shots that we need to make, but the, the bottom line in this game was we've got to rebound the ball. We have to get more out of our guards. We've got to get more out of everybody, but at the bottom line is we have to get something more out of the center position. I thought this team would take a while. It's going to take longer. I thought it would take 10 or 12 games. I don't know if it'll be done in 15 or 20 games. We're making too many We've got two young guards that are not, just not doing the things that we need to do to win, and uh, our center's not. So we, we don't have a lot right now to look forward to, to to really pin our hopes on. These guys need some time together. They need games, and uh, it's not going to happen right away. It's going to take time. But if we can't rebound the ball, you know, we're not we're not winning, and when you look at last year, I mean O'Shea got his share of rebounds. Marek did a better job on the boards. We weren't good on the boards. We didn't get beat on the boards like this. There was two or three plays Brahma didn't jump. There's a re- <laughs> the last time I looked to get a rebound, you had to jump, and he didn't jump. So I mean, I, you get, I had his coach yelling at him, jump. When you have to tell a player to jump, you got trouble. We have an outstanding culture. And I think that we're doing a better job and we're going to get even better and we're going to get to the situation where we can turn this thing around and be a winner consistently and not occasionally. You don't get to go bowling, but you do get to go recruiting. You know, sliding scale right there. And, uh, you know, I'll be out here. I won't be in town. We're recruiting right now. Actually, we have two recruits in this weekend that I can't mention names because NC2A rules, and I'll be out on Monday. So recruiting happens right now. In fact, recruiting started right when the game ended, and it will carry on and all the way into that second Wednesday in February. The coolest thing about football is you can't be about yourself. You have to be about others. And then when you start putting yourself first, there's normally difficulties and there's normally hard times. And we'll go back and we'll work hard on that culture again to make sure that we're always a family when we're representing. Hughes Militia Podcast with those two unapologetically biased, orange-blooded homers, Sean and Joe. What's up, Q Nation? Thanks for tuning in to the Q's Militia Podcast with Sean and Joe. 
If you like it, please share it. The universal handle for the socials is at Cuse Militia. Go there, join the militia. We are the first Syracuse sports with the fans a voice. So, welcome. Happy Sunday. Saturday. 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 I hope everybody had a... I'm sorry. I'm so used to saying happy Sunday after football games, but here we are, just hours after the end of the football game. And yeah. uh, I want to wish everybody... I hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. The Syracuse football team lifts the spirits of Orange fans everywhere after a rough trip to New York City uh, for the basketball team. And we are going to talk about those games on the fly as best we can. And tomorrow... We will have James Zuba from Noon's Magician on, and we will probably talk. Um, Iowa preview. I have a Tuesday. Iowa preview and for Tuesday, and we'll also maybe get a game of buy, sell, or hold. And so, while I'm on that, you can go submit those buy, sell, or hold questions, statements, answers, whatever, however you want to call it. People still not catching on, guys, 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 guys. People still. <laughs> I'm having a hard time. I don't know if it's me. They'll get it eventually. I don't All know right. if it's me or what. But anyway, uh, we uh, have that up on social media. So you can go there and you can uh, submit those and we can get started on that uh, tomorrow when we have James on. So a little bonus episode. We just figured it was going to take an awful lot um, to shove it into one episode tomorrow, Joe. Right? I mean... Holy, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, been a lot. we try to keep these under an hour and yeah. it's just um, it's just that would be very, very tough. So we're going to split it up for you. Uh, well, yeah. And to a couple on that, too, uh, it can be about basketball or football. I think Zuba, uh, we're going to talk more about basketball, right? For the buy, sell, yeah, hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if you have football ones, then still send them in because we do plan on doing an end of the year kind of close out football with a guest. So. Yeah, we're going to try to get someone on. I don't know who yet. Maybe Tyler. Tyler's always fun. So yeah. I'll check his schedule. We'll, we'll uh, look into that. So we are going to do kind of a football wrap up in, 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 you know, something we didn't do last year. But, you know, they don't have a bowl game. And we did that. We normally we would do something like that. So yeah. anyway, uh, we're just filling the time where it would have been filled anyway. So that is that. But look, <laughs> this show, of course, is brought to you first by my bookie. Now, if you missed the free bet on Thanksgiving between, what was it, the Lions and the Bears? Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah. Uh, if you missed that bet, you still can get in on the promotion that they're having right now. And it doesn't matter whether you're an experienced player or a first-time customer. My bookie welcomes all that come to play. So quit waiting around and sign up today. Do you find yourselves wanting to sports bet but have lots of questions? Well, don't sweat it because my bookie's patient customer service can walk you through the process. And the best part is if you join now, you'll still have one last shot to take advantage of the incredible sign-up offer. Just log on to mybookie.ag and make your first deposit with promo code chair that's promo code chair c-h-a-i-r and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar to jumpstart your bankroll and um you know look this dollar for dollar thing is not going to last forever they normally do a 50 percent match so get the dollar for dollar bet uh match up to a thousand dollars let me repeat that it's guaranteed deposit match and um, you can just sign up today. Use the promo code chair, C-H-A-I-R, at mybookie.ag. Um, and then uh, you get that match and, and bet with my bookie. Look, spread the word. You play, you win, you get paid. My bookie. Hey. Thank you. All right. I so. hope you didn't all listen to me, the football game. 
Yes, you're welcome. Joe, by the way, yes, Joe. We did mention that uh, Joe went against the grain like he normally doesn't do, and I said, "Well, you know what? That's probably a good thing because he'll probably win." And look what happens, everybody. Look what happens. So, like I said, you're welcome. Yes, we're welcome. Apparently, so. <laughs> so anyway, uh, look. Here's the deal. First game, Oklahoma State. Look, I. First of all, I got to say, I stand by what I said in the last show, too, which is that this was going to be a good gauge to see where this team was at with these, the, with any one of these teams that we played um, in these two games. And right. I still stand by that. And so we see where we're at, which is not very good, guys. It's not great. Mm. It's not great. So uh, they get dropped in the first game by 14, 86 to 72 against Oklahoma State. Uh, runs uh, for Oklahoma State, 11 and 0 to start off. Cuse went on a 21 to 3 run, and then Oklahoma State put it away in the second half, <clears throat> going on a 29 to 10 run. And you know, early inconsistent foul trouble for the Orange did not help, but the obviously lack of scoring takes the cake. Hughes scored a career high 28 points for the Orange in eight of 15 shooting, which is not that bad at all. The problem was is that uh, the rest of the team combined for something like 11 of 41, okay? So, mm. not good. Buddy Beheim and Joe Girard, these are going to be, these are the guys we expect to pile on the points, and they're just struggling. They struggled in New York City. They combined for 5 of 22 against OK State, shooting 2 of 14 from behind the arc. And just on a side note, 77 to 38 was the score of Oklahoma State and Ole Miss in the NIC, NIT tip-off championship. So Ole Miss only scoring 34, uh, 38 points. Uh, so mm. anyway, yeah, that's brutal, huh? So anyway, Joe. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you know, 34 rings a bell, but we're not talking about that. Look, you know, we're one. We're like one and four in Barclays Center. I think the place sucks. I don't know what it is about it. I don't know if it's just the, the, being in the the big lights for the young guys. I don't know what it is, but um, I expected kind of. I expected to go one and one. I, I didn't know if we were going to be OK State, but I kind of expected to come out of that consolation game a winner, and we'll get into that shortly. But. Um, Looks like maybe Ole Miss kind of pulled off a little bit of an upset against Penn State. They were up like 20 points or something like that and ended up blowing right. the lead. So, um, which is does not bode well for us either. Um, I think they Penn State was probably a better team, but you know they not that day. So, uh, right, Joe, what do you yeah, think? I think that? we played the two best teams in that tournament. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, if that's the way you want to look at it, and um, again, the numbers really weren't that different between the two games other than the fact of obviously the rebounding. Uh, I think we left uh, 11 free throws out there against Oklahoma state and uh, you know, some, some easy gimme little buckets that probably could have kept us in that game. Uh, And we just allowed them to score way too, too easily in the fast break. I thought that when we slowed them down and forced them to actually play against our two, three zone, I think that we played pretty well. And, uh, same when we kind of threw the press out there in like the double teams out of the two, three zone later in, in the second half. Uh, we just, we didn't shoot good enough. And um, as far as the Penn state game goes, same thing was just rebounds. So uh, we left some free throws out there, but again, uh, and then I think we talked about it, but 
I, I was worried about what this offense was going to look like against a good um, tournament-type team, you know, Power 5, big conference basketball team, like athletes in size. And just looking at it a little earlier, I mean, between our games against Virginia and Oklahoma State and Penn State, the three teams that we've played that are, you could call legit competition in, in the same kind of um, conferences that we're in, I mean, we're shooting 23.5% from the three-point line, and we're shooting about 30% from the field goal. And uh, it's looking like we're we're leaving a lot of meat on the bones with uh, with free throws. So, oh yeah, again, that's just the, the that's kind of the things that a young team um, has problems with. Now we do have older guys that we wish could probably change some of those things. Um, I know I read on Syracuse.com, Sadibi, he said that he was sick a little bit for. Uh, yeah, he was for- feeling under the weather for the Penn State game. Right, right, right. But, I mean, I don't know. To me, it's a mentality. Sick or not, you know you have to put a body on somebody. You're going to have to do certain things. And uh, it was a little upsetting when um, when he didn't. And he just got some. I mean, again, I thought that there were some ticky-tack uh, fouls called, especially considering that they were letting that, that Watkins guy just come in and pretty much – kind of jump over people Bully and just people. push people around. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. um, again, there was, seemed like there were some, some things that obviously didn't go our way, but again, uh, that's, what's going to happen when we play against guys. We played Oklahoma state had the, the, your and I guy and, um, and Penn state had the two guys Well, Lamar Stevens had decent size, but again, it was, it was Mike Watkins. Um, and when we play against guys that have that kind of size, I you, just dude, think we, we, that's we, what it's going to look like. It's what it's going to look like. It's obviously this is what we've been struggling with for the past three years. We we do not have a big guy. Right. We don't have a big guy. We got mm-hmm. a tall guy who plays center. Okay, and he's got a big wingspan, but he, they get pushed around. I mean, t- two years of Chuku getting pushed around, and just you're swapping for Dolly underneath. I mean, look, at some point you've got to recruit a guy with some girth to him, like with some damn muscle, something, somebody that can stand tall. Somebody, I mean, you got Sadibi's not even jumping for rebounds. Now he wasn't feeling good. Okay, well, you know what? I, I mean, at some point, then you know, I mean, he ended up falling out. It's not like coach took him out because he, you know what I mean? You have to have that right. body in there and it's not like it's just unfortunate because you know when you look at the center matchup you can almost you can almost put place your money on how that game is going to go when you look at the difference in size of centers and we knew that um michael watkins who's like 40 years old was going to come <laughs> to this game and dominate and you know it's been 37 years since they last played in the orange they got killed on the boards 57 yep. to 28 um and then officially kicking off the worst campaign since the 96-97 season. Uh, the Orange, we started 4 for 18 overall, 0 for 3 from three-point line. Okay, so the shooting again. 1 for 5 mm-hmm. from the free-throw line. Um, and at the time that all that was happening, I think the score was 22 to 8 in favor of Penn State, obviously. Now, we eventually end up tying this game 30 at 35, but like I mentioned, Michael Watkins did a double-double, 15 points and 15 rebounds. Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, again, they struggled. They were just terrible in New York City, and it's, I did not expect it to be that bad under the big lights. Buddy's been there before. I thought that he would step up. He's, he played well in the tournament last year uh, in that you know in that one game that we, we got to play in. Um, right. And, and, you know, they shot a combined for the whole... 
for the two games, 11 of 47 between the two of them, dude. Yeah. 11 of 47. Hey, right. You are not going to win games when you're too, you know, well, when your well, guards, again, when your guards are shooting like that. And, and you got Hughes trying to carry him. Hughes is taking the role of battle, the role that battle had to play last year. We can't have that. That is not going to work. That is not going to win games. Buddy Bayheim and Joe Girard, they've got to score. And you know what? I contend that we need to see a different look on defense once in a while. I think something needs to be changed up a little bit because we're getting killed on the boards. And we've heard Coach say, you know, you don't box out in a zone. You play in area. So that's how he teaches these guys to play in area. You know, they hear a lot of people that, well, they're not boxing out. They're not boxing out. Well, they don't box out. It's not what they're taught. It's not how they're taught to right. play the zone. Right. I just, I don't, I just don't foresee that happening again. I don't I know. Think. I, I don't either, but I think it's, I think that sucks. I think that sucks. I think the zone right. is good, but obviously we don't have the players. You got these guys still learning this. Coach is talking about 15, 20 games. I don't think we games. have the players from man to man either. Well, I mean, Even you if can we make that. To. You can make that argument, but at least we'll know if we try it and see if we can either grab some more boards or at least get I mean, down in transition. We've seen this before on better with better teams. I know. I know. We played man to man against Lemoyne and lost. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Again, but. and that was with a better team. Again, the two it three zone. When, it's, it's it's proven that when it has good personnel, that it works. That's the reason why we can go into NCAA tournaments and make it to the Sweet Sixteen when we're barely a bubble team. You know, make those runs to the Final Fours of the Elite Eight, stuff like that. Um, but Joe, do you think though? I mean, and you don't you don't have to agree. I'm just saying. I can. I would. I think that. I think something we need to see something different on defense. At least if we try it and and it doesn't work, it's early enough. It's getting to be too late, actually, get, going to, to to play Iowa. Right. And then you've got Georgia Tech, Georgetown. I mean, it's almost well, too it's late. Just the same, it's the same thing. They just We just saw it with the offensive line with the football team, right? And the bottom line is, is that sometimes there are teams and there are certain positions where you just don't have those players, and it is what it is, and you just have to wait for the experience and wait for them to gel together. Uh, it's not just something yep. that you and can snap your fingers. That. Yep. So, and when you're and when you're when you're recruiting people to play the two three zone, and then that's what you're working on and everything like that, like you can get away with getting some guys that probably wouldn't be too good man to man, and we've seen it before. And again, uh, people say, "Oh, well, you know, they play two three zone in in college, so maybe you know, if you look at the Syracuse players, I mean, you could probably argue that maybe playing the two three zone doesn't help them." So we have plenty of guys that look like they have NBA ready offensive skills and they get in the NBA. So again, that's who he that's who he recruits for. And I just don't think that saying, oh well, you know, they're not they're not figuring out the two three zone, let's ditch it and go do this. And well, I'm not saying ditch it. I'm definitely okay, not yeah, saying okay. ditch and it. And I understand where you're going with that. And my other thing too is that right now he doesn't even think I, I don't even think he feels like he's got a solid seven they can handle the two three zone and what they're playing now no he knows so he doesn't. again yeah. so again so why are you going to do a man-to-man or more of a full court speed up the game and get the guys that you actually are confident and tired um again it's more or less it's a timing thing we've seen it before it takes sometimes a certain amount of games for for younger players to to get used to the game i mean i think you've seen uh gary air get better and better every single game and uh he was pretty impressive in the Penn State game. So he was pretty um, good. He so was, as the players get, they, they get older as far as the experience of playing these type of games and working together and seeing how this really is, then I think that you're going to see 
more improvement. But again, right now, obviously, to me, it's scoring. Whether we need more scoring from Sidibe or whether we need, I mean, we definitely need more scoring from Dolge. If they're going to run that pick and they're going to double team the ball and Dolge is wide open, he's got to be able to score. So did you just, did you listen to coach's press conference? I didn't put any of it in there about Dolge because I had two, two coaches to, 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 to boil down in that in that uh, montage. But I would have loved to put the Dolge stuff in there. Dolge is lost confidence in a shot. And he just, he's, he's terrible at the line right now. He's terrible from the floor. That's why you're seeing this, this hustle out of him. This, that's the thing he fixes this with because he, you know, that comes natural to him. I think that's what he does either way. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's not something he can, that's where he makes up. But he's not taking a lot of shots because he's lacks confidence. Coach, like, he lacks he lacks confidence, and I think that he gets worked up too too fast. He gets frustrated. You see him when he miss, makes a mistake. There's a dumb foul, you know, or he's in there trying to do the trying hustle to do stuff, too much. And, and he's trying to do too much, and yeah. they call a foul. Yeah, uh, and and we cannot have that this year. We need we need him on the floor. He needs to be out there a majority of the time, and he needs to be able to op- make those open jumpers or be able to take the ball and put it on the floor and make some of those passes like he did to the alley oop pass got, to uh, you, to Sidibe. Yeah, so you got to be able to you got to be able to score though. But you're right. I mean, more the more, and he's usually pretty good at taking care of the ball, but he has been sloppy when he's been trying to make up for a rush shot or a bad shot. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And oh, yeah. you know we getting we got killed on the offensive boards in New York City in both games. Like no, it was, the at least the first chance, game it was close to even. I think we might have actually had more offensive rebounds than Oklahoma State did. But but you would think obviously. it wasn't as many points either. It was I think it was seventeen second chance points for Penn State. And you know I think we had seven, so they scored ten more offense um, second chance points than us. But ten, you take the ten. <laughs> you take. I mean, obviously, I'm mean, just quickly doing the math in my head. You eliminate those, and you eliminate the missed free throws, and it's a tie game. Now that's a lot of points, 21, and you got to go perfect everywhere. But you know, the second chance points could have been worse with as many offensive rebounds as they got. They got like 28 or something like that. Yeah, it was ridiculous. It was insane. We have got. We have got to eliminate. It's like we go up and. If we, you know, we shoot the ball and miss, then we're running right back down the court. We're getting killed in transition, absolutely destroyed in transition. And the Penn State game. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you, and the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, it was, like a league guy. I mean, he oh, just went right. down and it looked that's like right. you couldn't, right. even, couldn't even stop him. He's a he's good. Yeah. So when he's you get good. a guy like that, you got to be able to stop the ball. Yeah. So step anyway. up, stop the ball. They step to the side, try to block it, and get a foul called on them. I still stand by what I said. I, I want to see something. I want to see something change on defense once in a while. Something, throw something out there. I don't know. I know it's not going to happen, Joe. And I don't again, even know if I it's just think work. it comes down. Look, to, I mean, people people call it the way that they call it, but like I said, I'm going to uh, err on the, the side of the fact that the coaches know what they're doing, and that's their profession. If we were coaches, we'd be coaching. Oh yeah. So absolutely. at the end of the day, I trust in the fact of the that if we were to play man, it would only look worse, and I don't. I, mean, I don't even want Jim Beheim or suspect that Jim Beheim is going to just do it for the fans. Just to oh, prove absolutely point. not. He's trying no, to no, win no, no, every no, no. single game. He, he already, did it for he did was, it in an he did, did an exhibition game one time against Lemoyne against D two school. That's that's why he did it too was to prove a point to the mm-hmm. fans. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. And we got crushed. And I get that. And you know, someone brought up a point on Twitter when I put it up there on Twitter about the zone and put up you know you play man to man this the, oh, a Penn State scores a hundred. Well, maybe, maybe not. Well, I guess we're never going to know, really. 
Okay, no, but like there's, said, there's, a, there's a there's a problem at center. Look, I can I can I can definitely err on. We have a huge problem at center. Dolzhai needs to be better, and our guards have got to step up. They cannot shoot. And Buddy, no, I know Buddy can do it. I don't know if Gerard can do it right now. He did it in right. high school. That's I'm not. That's apples and oranges. Yeah, it's not even close. <clears throat> so, but we know Buddy can yeah, do it, it man. We know he can do it, and he made some tough shots against Penn State. Right, and um, but the other options have to be there. I guess oh, it comes yeah, down absolutely. to. I guess it comes down to you can't make people you can't put the world of the shoulders on a couple players on the team, and that's just what it's been like for a couple right, years. Right, and I feel like it's on Hughes right now. This is my point going back to comparing him to Tyus Battle last year. That, well, yeah, that but can't then he doesn't have he doesn't have the other guys. Now we need Beheim to shoot. We need Gerard to shoot. And like you said, you talked about the numbers. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day. We could talk about what they did in their wins against kind of lower competition, but like I said, I, I kind of threw the the percentages out there against Virginia, Oklahoma State, and Penn State. We're we're shooting around thirty percent from the field, which and is about tw- yeah. about twenty three, twenty four percent from the three. three point line. Yeah, and we shot thirty three point three percent against Penn State. You had Gary, a, you know, you mentioned 13 points, 10 rebounds. That's really good. Double-double? I'm happy. Yeah. Absolutely. He didn't even start. Look, he's going to be that guy. Right. He, he's going to be. <clears throat> well, we need, like you said, we need consistency as far as shooting from Buddy and Joe or at least one of them to help out Elijah. And then we're going to have to muster up some type of points down low, whether it's Gary Air or whether it's Sadibi getting points a couple in there. Rebounds, in or rebounds. Or in Dolzhai. But again, I think I honestly like our half like people they talk about the two three zone is like our half court of our two three zone against those three teams that I talked about has played very well. I thought that Virginia struggled against our two three zone. I thought Oklahoma State honestly to me, Oklahoma State, I thought we were definitely a better team than I just think that that one guy that came in there, I don't even remember his name because he just came off the bench Harris. I think he was a freshman. Harris. Yeah, Harris Jr. He hit yeah. three threes in a row from the same spot, and it's yeah. like, okay, like you're never going to do that again. Is that a problem of the zone, too? No, because you you have guys that you mark. Uh, going into the game, you have you can only go off of what you see, and you have guys that you mark. You have guys that have that you don't want to come shoot. out there and actually shoot the three, and I don't think that was one of those guys they were worried about. I don't think he took a shot up until that point. And then all of a sudden he made the nine and it pushed it out to a 12 point lead with Hughes in foul trouble. You know, uh, we only scored, I think, five points uh, when he came out. So, well, it was it was Hughes on the bench. We scored five points. Yeah, that was at the yeah, end of it was the like, what, 17 to five run or something like that. We ended up going yeah. in by 12. And yeah. again, yeah. Uh, again, it was those three threes. And then when we tried to speed them up and we tried to to uh, press them, then their guard there would. Zago, I don't even know what his, but he wasn't making anything all game. Then all of a sudden, he wants to hit two or three threes right in the corner Our in the press second half. So wasn't that impressive either? I didn't think. I think they got beat too easy, a couple couple few times. But I mean, again, it like works, I said, though. you don't. You can, and and I think I, if I didn't talk about it on the the podcast, I definitely talked about it on the phone with you and, and some other people. But I was interested to see how Buddy and, Ger- and Gerard were going to play against better, faster, bigger guards. And I discounted Virginia because it was the first game and all the other games. And I thought that coming into this tournament in the next five-game stretch was going to kind of show that. 
Um, and uh, I think you can see it on offense, and I think you can see it not necessarily in the 2-3 zone. I think Joe's he's pretty sneaky in the 2-3 zone, and, and Buddy, he holds his own. He's tall. He's got height, so it's hard for players to shoot over him. But as far as pressing, when we press, uh, I mean, like I said, I, I, I everyone's got flaws of the game and everything like that, and you we don't get, want to take out get, a shooter like that. But buddy, but buddy, <laughs> buddy can't – he cannot – he can't kind of check the two guard <laughs> full court. Not yet. I think he's gotten better. I can I can see his lateral movement in his two three, um, the two three zone and, and the familiarity of the two three zone better this year. But when we full court press and he's got a he's got a guard guy, it's just it's tougher. So uh, I think that's why you saw some of the the substitutions against Penn State um, when we were doing the press as well. So. Again, um, and you know, not to throw it out there or anything, I don't know how much you're paying attention to the telecast, but how many times did you hear Fran Fraschilla? Three times. Talk about our... We're, we're going to hold, hold that thought I, gotcha. because it's in, it's in fan feedback. So Got gotcha. you. We'll, we'll, right. we'll, we'll talk about it there. So yeah. I mean, as far as, as, far as the, the two games go, um, honestly, I really wasn't surprised. I think we talked about it coming in that... Uh, we had to lower the expectations because of how much turnover and because of how young we were. Uh, and I think that when you play so good against these Seattle's and the, you know, Bucknell's and Colgate's and Cornell's of the world, uh, sometimes, you know, you get four or five games in a row like that and it can kind of, um, kind of skew certain people's um, expectations because they look so good. And, and, uh, we, and we said, don't set expectations for this basketball team. I mean, not that you guys are going to listen to us or even give a crap what we think right. at the beginning of the season, but I wasn't well, setting, everyone, my, I wasn't yeah, setting no. my expectations. But like I told you today, Joe, when I when I told you how like upset I was and how how like disappointed I was, and you're like, dude, I thought, I thought we talked about this. You weren't going to set expectations. I'm like, it's just the optimist in me that thinks, feels, and in, in believes that this team could come out. I expected more out of them. I expected them to probably go realistically one and one in New York City. But we go there two years in a row. We go, you know, 0-4 in the past two years there. And it's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. But you've got to, you know, Coach said it. It's going to take longer than expected. And his one quote about there's just not a lot to hang our hats on. Or what, what did he say? What was the quote? I have it. I have it. But it's going to take. It would take me a second to find it. But he said, um, "Let's see. Give me a second. Give me a second. We don't have a lot to pin our hopes on. <laughs> that's really grim. That's mm. that's grim, right, Joe?" Well, again, and that's Bayheim, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Again, he does things like this because he knows. I mean, he's got. He knows that people are gonna uh, players. He gonna knows listen how to motivate. He knows. Sure. Yeah, he knows yeah. they're listening. Yeah. So again, I mean, that's just that's just he's done it in the past. We've seen it. I mean, how many times have you seen it where he says something negative uh, or Frank Howard you know, last year? How many times? You know. Yeah, and then the next game they do something completely different. So again, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt. I just think. Coming into it, again, like you said, I'm, I'm going into every game hoping that we win. But if a team's shooting good or if there's some type of, like, obviously, with that Penn State with that Mike Watkins, I kind of saw that, and, and it was tough. I mean, even even I, I don't even know how we kept it as close as we did. I know. When he talked like about that, that like, on the boards. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't know either. Uh, maybe some again, of that was, yeah, obviously. We're going to see. I mean, hopefully we can see some 
some some getting better uh some people getting better and maybe some better consistency uh with these next three games but yeah again so acc <laughs> um big 10 challenge coming up idaho in the dome and um like i said that idaho be- or iowa I- iowa idaho yeah iowa yeah you idaho <laughs> Iowa uh, in the Dome on Tuesday, and we will have that pregame for you as soon as possible. But, Joe, there was one good thing that came out of the Thanksgiving break. Did you work Friday, by the way? No, I didn't. Oh, you didn't? No, it's great. You took a really long time to text me back, and I assumed you were working. Well, I was out of town on Thursday. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I was at my cousin's house, and... Had a good time. Didn't get home till about you know three four o'clock in the afternoon on Friday. So well, Joe, the 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 bright side of all this, as I uh, realized, I was trying to fade out the wrong um, music, the wrong <laughs> device that I got hooked up. Yeah. So um, the the bright side of all this, the the Syracuse football team. Trill, uh, the Trill Williams touchdown wasn't needed, but it was welcomed in the 39-30 overtime win on senior mm. day in the Dome. We maxed out points in overtime, Joe. Is that the freaking weirdest thing or what? Nine points in overtime. That's odd. So uh, you don't see that very I don't often. know if we maxed out, but... Well, I mean, we maxed out I mean, we for one overtime. A, we could have scored a touchdown. Well, and then but it, but it went, yeah, and that's, it true. that's true. Points. That's true. Touche, touche. Uh, oh. We we won't be bowling this year, uh, but we also won't finish the dreaded four and eight. Instead, we'll finish five and seven, two and six in the ACC, and I'll take that. I'm sure the rest of you will too, considering the uh, alternative. Uh, senior yeah. Clayton Welch <laughs> got the start over injured Tommy DeVito. He was injured in practice, and uh, he held his own 232 yards for two touchdowns, one to Tristan Jackson, the other one to Luke Benson. Tristan Jackson over 1,000 yards on the season. Congrats to him on that. Senior Mo Neal, two yards shy of 100 yards and a touchdown. And senior Andre Schmidt, he went four for four, including a 49-yarder in regulation in a 40-yarder in overtime. Uh, the officiating was questionable as usual with 12 penalties for 122 yards. There was a mm-hmm. ticky-tack like little face mask. They call it a face mask, but he actually got him under the helmet. Alton Robinson, that kept the drive alive. It was third down, and that kept a lot drive alive for Wake. And then Nikeen Johnson, well, he got ejected for shoving a ref. So uh, after a helmet to helmet no call, he felt like he was um, got slighted on that. I feel like in uh, kind of a cheap shot from behind at that too. So anyway, Joe, this is not what we wanted this season, but no. but uh, we did salvage something out of this season. I feel like the win against Wake Forest at home on Senior Day was something to hang your hats on going into recruiting season, as Coach mentioned, going into the off season. And, and coming back next year. But we will miss a ton of seniors, a ton of great seniors. So No, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be the most difficult uh, thing for the defense because we did see, and I think Babers touched on it a little bit, and he kind of explained it, but uh, we he kind of explained in a couple different sentences, not really in depth of what happened to the defense from – the beginning and then in the middle and to the end. But essentially in the beginning they were playing for the team. They were playing as a team and then some individuals started doing some things and then it got back to the whole team thing again. The last, uh, I mean, I don't know. Louisville was tough, but again, two out of three as far as the defense go, you know what I mean? Duke, 
Duke and Wake Forest, those games, our defense stepped up and, and, and they looked like the defense that we all thought that they were going to look like. Um, they, uh, yeah, it was great. They, they might have actually uh, beat Wake Forest and knocked their chances out of actually getting uh, the Orange Bowl. So, yeah, which is good. Yeah. So again, uh, I know they were banged up. They had two of their uh, top three receivers out, uh, and then we hurt their their starting quarterback. But Hartman, he played against us last year when we were at Wake Forest, um, and he's definitely a formidable quarterback. Uh, obviously, just Newman just beat him out this year, but Hartman is is no slouch. So um, I just love how like the last quarter of the season, how our offensive line looked, and uh, just looking at the positives. Um, Again, our rushing game the last three games, once we made that switch off that bye week, was, I mean, you can tell a difference. I mean, let's be honest here. So, you you know, you have that run game all year, and Tyler might be right about 1,000 yards from O'Neal. But... Um, well, fifths and butts for candy and nuts. We all have a Merry Christmas, yeah. Joe. And it's just, honestly, we didn't have a lot of expectations going into this game. Uh, I thought it was going to be a situation where Mike Forrest is going to come in and, and we might have laid an egg because of the situation. But uh, they didn't. And the seniors came in, and, and they all played for each other. And um, and it didn't yeah. start great. Like it just didn't feel. We were up seventeen to three. I'm talking before that, Joe. Obviously, when we were up seventeen to three, it felt good. I just right. didn't feel. I didn't feel good. So, look. Well, after eleven Clay- games, and you see the record, you probably shouldn't feel that good. Well, it wasn't even that. <laughs> I mean, this is nothing against Clayton Welch, but I didn't realize Tommy wasn't going to be playing until. He wasn't playing. Tommy wasn't playing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and again, we, so, we and, and we had our thoughts on it, and Vegas had their thoughts on it before they even knew that Tommy was out of there. Right. So when you when <laughs> you see that, you know, a minute before kickoff, and I'm like, oh, mm. dude, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a miserable three and a half hours. <laughs> I canceled that's a, plans. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And that, nothing against Clayton Welch. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not. He did. He did a fantastic job. I think mm-hmm. he's a talented guy. Um, he, well, he, I think he did good for the situation. I think he was, you know, he, he, they practiced with him in there and had some kind of game plan, at least, you know, we just didn't know about it, but I didn't right. feel good about it heading into, you know, a minute before kickoff going, oh my gosh, Tommy DeVito's not playing. But I will say this, and this is odd, and it's an odd switch when you, when you think about it and, uh, Clayton Welch goes down. And I'm like, oh no, you know, oh my gosh, what's gonna happen? And Tommy DeVito comes in. I'm like, oh no, (laughs) (laughs) what's gonna happen? I was like, oh no, what is this? So I was a little worried, but um, you know, and you could tell Tommy's slow. He and he's hurting, and um, you don't want him to get any more banged up. So I was glad uh, Welch was able to come back in. But yeah, I mean, look, they had the offense rolling with, with Clayton Welch. He made a couple good plays on his feet. Tommy DeVito made a good play on his feet. So. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I mean, half a foot. Yeah, I mean, he hobbled. Yeah. He he got the hobble out of bounds. Thankfully, he wasn't. You know, yeah, yeah. He didn't but get, some of the sidelines, he looked like he just got out of bed. Like I could tell, he wouldn't. It didn't even look like he was trying to get in there. So no, I mean, pre-game. I'm sure he's pretty surprised. Yeah, but he made a couple of good throws, and again, um, I think it kind of helped probably because Wake Forest probably they practiced and were assuming that. Uh, you know, for Tommy DeVito to play. Yeah. So this probably gives us a, gave us a little bit of an advantage. But um, again, going into it, I was kind of nervous because it's like, man, if Clayton Wells comes in and just balls out, you know, just balls out, then everybody is just going to be like, he should have been playing the whole time. We would have made a bowl game if but he would have started it, this. It, it was about what you would expect it to be had you known what it was going to be. It, probably a little better, but I mean, he did throw. Well, a majority of the time that he's been playing – 
it's basically when the other team doesn't know he's going to play. You know what, yes, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like yeah, they don't yeah, prepare yeah, yeah, for yeah. them. They don't yeah. prepare, prepare for him. So right, right. he can get away with certain things. Uh, I would have liked to have seen him hold, you know, keep the ball a couple times on those read options because those things were wide open on some of those plays. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a wild game, especially you said in the first half. So many just turnovers going back and forth. Uh, was just it four turnovers seem... by Wake Forest uh, in, the, in the first quarter or something like that? Was that what right. it was? Yeah. Right. Well, so, and you know what? And some some people do. You know, they want to kind of bang on where our pass rush go. Like this, this, and that. You know, a couple of those interceptions they were overthrows because they're. They, I mean, the pocket it, was closing, it, and there was yeah, and there was a couple more where where he was getting. Um, what's his name? What's his name? The starter. Hartman or oh no no Newman? no 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 uh, Jamie is that his name Jamie Jamie Newman, Newman. yeah he um, you know he threw a couple errant passes that luckily weren't picked because he was getting pressured and one of them he was getting knocked down in so they hit they luckily for him hit the dirt so right. anyway uh, you know I just I'm so happy for the guys and for coach and for the fans that were there you know I um, saw a friend of mine on social media saying how rowdy the crowd was and how excited they were and good on them for the ones that showed up and and stayed well, at that there point. <laughs> yeah at that point it's yeah. mostly diehards anyway right so yeah that's true good point yeah um, and they were loud they it transferred yeah. on TV really well for the amount of seats that were empty it was really loud I thought it sounded great on TV TV. Yeah. Um, there was one I third think Wake down. Force Wake Force should be embarrassed how many false start penalties they had considering the attendance. But I know, yeah. But it gets loud in there. It doesn't take a ton of people. Right. It yeah. Can, that, can, that is just echoes. It's just yeah. bounce everywhere. Echo yeah. chamber. Just one big so echo chamber. The so. the last the last football game in under you know, under that uh that bubble. Um, yeah. Specific for, bubble. Yeah. yeah, that specific bubble. And I guess as far as I know, the you know the they're only going to get five home games next year, as far as I know, right? Yeah, I think that because uh, the I'm not a hundred percent on that, but I, I know that's it, what it, it was would, at it one point. Well, it wouldn't surprise me, you know, because they need probably that extra time to get it done. So yeah. completely understandable as far as that goes. Yeah. So, anyways, um, good on the Q's football team for salvaging a five and seven season. I'm going to give it to them. I don't give a crap if they made a bowl at this point. I just didn't want to hear the rumblings of four and eight again, again, and again, and again, again, and again. again. Yeah, Jeez, and again, bro. and, the, and the, they'd be the same beat writers uh, shoving it down our throats in every article they wrote. And you know, I don't. I, I just it was good to end on a positive note. I think for fans like you and I, Joe, and probably fans that listen to this show are probably diehards too. It felt good. If it, right. If, no, it felt, it felt good. good, especially the way it ended too. Right. Oh yes, with Troll Robin, that dude. That was yeah. so awesome. What did I text? I texted you, Joe. No, yeah, we need a turnover. Right. I said yeah, we need so a turnover. That was man. the thing. Is that like when they kicked that field goal, you know, you think the game's over. You know, I don't know if you noticed it. I, I saw it when on the sideline. You know, I looked over to Heather and I was like, I said, that's crazy. I said, last game of the season, he kicks a field goal, and you know. Took the lead and the time left was was four, 44, you know, 40, seconds. 44 seconds, right? So, yeah. and you know, obviously, what what that number means to our program. And what do you think you know, about? Then, go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, and then you go and I looked on the sideline and I saw Alton Robinson come up to Andre Schmidt and I read his lips and he said pretty much the same thing to him. So I thought it was like, okay, I was like, it's in the bag. And then all of a sudden they just went down, boom, 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 boom. boom. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. What do you and, think you about know, the defense on that last series? Well, um, I know it's exp- every like so. Look, every 
every fan gets upset about it because it's like, oh, at the end of the games, you know, they just letting chunks of yards go, letting by. chunks of yards go, right? But that's like you're playing the odds, and when you're when you start still keep blitzing five, six people, and now you got people man to man, and then one on one with the safety, that's when we give up big plays, we give up touchdowns. So uh, in that scenario, uh, they had to be perfect and stay and get out of bounds every single time for them to even get in field goal range with their one timeout to tie it. And that's what you do. You keep it in front of them and you hope that they make a mistake and they just didn't. Yeah. And they just, yeah, they were really good with a backup quarterback though. Like uh, I said, again, he I wasn't, like- he played, he started last year. He was the starter over Jamie Newman. And not until this past off season did Jamie Newman beat him out. But that Hartman kid, he's not, he's no slouch. You can't just look at him as any other backup because he, was uh, the starting quarterback on a pretty good Wake Forest team last year. Okay. Well, I mean, he's a backup this year. But I get you. He started, and he's got the experience. Yeah. So, obviously, yes. that helps. So uh, And every quarterback's been doing that test this year. So, I don't know why everyone's surprised. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the game, that happens the in thing. the NFL. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, yeah, totally. All right. What do you say we're getting some fan feedback? How about it? Let's do it. to hear from you the loud mouths from the loud house all right we're mixing it up this time we got a little bit from basketball a little bit from football you know the drill uh, at the end of every game i will um i will propose a question thoughts on the game some people get annoyed by it are you serious yeah i'm serious i do it at the end of every game that prompts yes. you to leave your comment and it could be negative or positive you'd say whatever the hell both. you want yeah but we're not going to read are you serious <laughs> Yeah, are you serious? Kind of is probably not gonna uh, make it on on the show. I'm just you know a heads up, so um, <laughs> you know for all of you that are wondering. But um, this segment of the show is brought to us by Blue Chew. Listen, uh, if you want to increase your performance and get ex- <laughs> Joe, what what was that? Is that your stripper move? Is that your stripper move? I no longer no, need Blue Chew. I no longer need Blue Chew. Joe just dances. All right. If you want to increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them day or night on a full or empty stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts. Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online. It ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visit, no waiting at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. And since they're made in the USA, they prepare and ship direct. They're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special offer for our listeners. Visit Blue Chew. Dot com and get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code armchair. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's blue like the color. B-L-U-E chew.com. Use the promo code armchair. Try it for free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. And of course, as always, folks, they do not promise any guaranteed results and nowhere on there does it say it cures any kind of disease. Okay, so that's it. Joe, where'd you go? Hello. Hello. Joe left, folks. Joe left the arena. And I just hope, I hope he's not dead. What happened? 
What the hell happened? What you're late? What what are you doing? You're off. You're on mute. You're on mute still. Definitely on mute. <laughs> All righty. So, here's what we got, Joe. We're going to start with basketball. Okay? Yeah, let's do it. All right, look. Uh, let's see. At Skazakuse. Wh- whatever. <laughs> I believe that's some, s- some sort of, some sort of nas- last name plus Cuse combination. Uh, you recruit mid-major talent. That's what you get for results. Enough about Gerard's New York Two Times Player of the Year award. Mookie Jones won it. Big deal. Sadibi translates in English to Charmin. He's paper soft. And um, we recruited the wrong Bayheim. Wake me up when lacrosse starts. Joe. Mm. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Re- <laughs> I got... <laughs> I can't help somebody like that. I don't think I can. Like I can't do. Uh, it's, it's not funny. No, I don't even know. It's not funny. I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's funny, but it's. I can't help somebody like that. <laughs> okay, so Dee translates in English to Charmin because he's paper soft. Touche. Okay. I mean, right. dude. Look, I think look, look. there's a reason why there's weight limits in fights, right? Forty forty pound differences. <laughs> I mean, Do not come on, bode man. Well. Does not bode well. Uh, at oh, M God. M Felly seventeen, looking at the first losing season in the Bayheim era, Joe. This this has actually crossed my mind before I read this in fan feedback, and it is going to be a struggle getting in with eleven non conference games now. And the Big Ten ACC challenge is one of those. The two games we just lost. You know, so you're looking at eight, you know, if you sweep the rest of them. And we still got Georgetown. So, look, um, that's a possibility. I don't want to call that yet, but Mm. that's a possibility, dude. It is. Again, I just, I always wait to go to nine, through nine conference. Now, again, we usually do um, a little bit better nine conference, but again, we don't know how this year is going to play out. Just like they've changed the whole uh, criteria before of how teams are going to get in the tournament and everything like that. We don't know what's going to happen with the 20, uh, a 20 game conference uh, schedule. And there's only going to be 11 non-conference games. So again, obviously most likely we're going to have less non-conference wins because we don't play as many easy teams. And um, I'm going to wait till we get through this stretch and then see what happens when we get through uh, the last three uh, nine conference games that should kind of go the way that the previous ones did before this tournament. But um, I'm still out there. If this is a buy, sell, or hold, I would hold. I would hold, too, if it was. But it, I would be lying to you if I, if I didn't say it's crossed my mind and I am worried about it. Well, and the only reason that I say that, too, is because every single um, – team that we've played against has kind of had a size advantage on us and uh mm-hmm. there are going there are going to be as far as losses um there are going to be teams in the acc that uh we match up with better um and who knows with i agree with that with other with one of these next three games georgia, georgia um, so, Tech probably one of them coming up soon so um but not everyone has a six ten, six nine, six ten guy that that weighs 250 pounds 
260 pounds. Um, so yeah. again, you got to wait to see. It's all about matchups. And right now, the way that we were shooting this tournament, we weren't winning those games this uh, in that tournament. Yeah. So at Garrett Tim on Twitter, need a center for scoring, rebounding, and defense. We have all the other pieces. All the other pieces. So. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we talked about, I don't know if we have all the other pieces. It has not been proven to me yet, but I would like to think we do, but we need to send Joe. We got to recruit. We have got to get a, a, a recruit in here next year that can handle the center position. And I feel like, I really feel like, <laughs> I really don't, I don't I feel good. I don't feel good about it. In, in, right. in, in one reason, in, in, I don't want to get out over my skis, and I don't want to seem dramatic. I don't. But Coach Hop leaving, I think hurt. That's I think it yeah. hurt that spot a lot. I think we're. Well, I, I think, think we're, I mean you could you could you could probably go all the way back to Bernie Fine, because he was <laughs> the guy that used to to work with the big men, and then when that whole thing went through, uh, I think Hopkins took that role over. But again, as well. Um, the main thing with Hopkins is <clears throat> the recruiting. Yeah, it's just the recruiting. Just I mean, if general. we get if he if he's on our if he's on our on our um, team as an assistant coach, then I think we get Isaiah Stewart last year. Oh, of course we get Isaiah Stewart. No doubt about and it. That if, changes the whole, everything. Everything. If you've got to watch so, Isaiah Stewart play it all this year, Joe, I know you have, but if anybody else has, he's awesome. He is awesome. He's going to be freaking awesome. So, oh, 100%. I've got to see him, yes. And again, that's a lot of it comes down to we did have a five-person a five class this year, a four-person class last year. Like that, the, the realistic part of it is, is that you have to – the team's going to be able to grow. So, again, it just comes down to everybody and their expectations year by year and not being cool with not being out of the tournament. You know, um, and sometimes, again, that kind of stuff happens. And the way that this whole thing worked out with uh, players leaving early and the way our roster was, uh, if the if the the older guys, if they don't step up and, and play a bigger role, then I think that, I mean, that's just what happens to most young teams like this. They're not five-star top three recruiting class like Kentucky where you can just roll these guys out. At Jay Danilich, Edwards should be getting a look. Any help down low is needed. Yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know why he d- didn't get a look against Penn State, but I guess they just thought, you know, he's just going to get pushed around. You know. Um, yeah. I just I feel like he's a talented guy, but again, you've got to gain some weight, son. Gain some damn weight. Eat a cheeseburger. Yeah. Eat some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Something. Like it's right. like I gain weight pretty damn easy. I don't know what the problem is. <laughs> no, everyone's got their own metabolism, right? So just kidding, Joe. It's a joke. And then but, again, it just comes to yeah. Well, <laughs> these guys come in and they don't even look like at least Jesse Edwards. He's got the shoulders. It looks like he can. Yes, he can put a little weight on there, right? But yeah, yeah. Uh, Sadibi, he's not getting he's not too much get bigger, bigger than what he is. Yeah. Nope. Chuku wasn't getting too much bigger nope. than what he is. Dolzai, I mean, he'd probably have to take human growth hormones or steroids to, to get bigger than what he is. So, uh, again, Let's you can it. get lean, you can get lean, you can get stronger, you can get stuff like, you know, you can, you can do that, but, um, he's not going to be able to hold back those type of big players. He's a power forward. That's got to play confident and he's got to make his jump shots. So skip again, go ahead again. Go ahead. What? 
No, I'm good. I'm good. Skip on Facebook says ESPN announcer said this team is the least talented team he's seen in 25 years at Syracuse. He's right. So, uh, back to what we we held off for, Joe. Uh, the least talented team that he'd seen since the 70s, and he's been or since he's been watching Syracuse in the 70s. Right. Right. Uh, he said it three times. Three times he mentioned it. Yes, and there was plenty of times when he the words. Uh, a, like when he was talking about Quincy Guerriere a couple of times, oh, you know, I wouldn't, I would expect him to be in, in the starting lineup soon because he's an ACC athlete. So my hope when I heard that it was essentially like he, Fran Fraschilla is like, so he's a very respected he's yeah, he's recruiting fair. guy, right? I mean, he's yeah. when he comes in during the NBA drafts, cause he's the guy that knows all the international players. He's the one that recruits the international players. So when a guy gets, you know, drafted internationally or they start talking about a guy internationally, they bring him in because he's like their main guy. So, I mean, he knows basketball. He's used to be a coach. So again, um, for him to come out and say, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Jim Beheim doesn't start this Quincy Gary because he's an ACC athlete. That's, that's me hearing that he's seeing non-ACC athletes out the, on the court right. for us. Right. So, again, I don't think that we're the most athletic team we've ever played. I don't think Buddy Beheim is the most athletic player, but I'll tell you what, he can get a shot almost off against anybody. It's just getting that confidence and being able to make that jump shot. Uh, but, again, um, you know, I haven't heard a telecast like that. I don't think ever ever about I've never heard it. Team. I've never heard that. I've never heard anybody utter that kind of truth. No. Over and I mean, he was essentially insinuating that we don't have ACC athletes out there that are ready for this. Yeah. Not and only that, but that we weren't talented. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a lot of too. talent on the team. I mean, which is well, like, I mean, and again, a gut punch. I don't think that, I don't think that goes to like what we could turn into, you know, so I don't want sure. to bang recruiting because a lot of times when we talk about how we used to do recruiting is players would be there for three, four or five years and you'd be able to grow as a team and gain that experience. So I don't think he's saying that as far as that we don't have talent. It's just we don't have the talent that this year. They're talent. not ready. Sure. They're not. They're, they're not talent ready this year. He said we don't ACC. have that much talent. That's what he was saying. As nice as possible, which is no real. Again, nice I don't way think it's it. future. I, I don't. It's think right he's now. About he's talking right now. Yeah. Right now, in this moment, they do they do not have ACC talent. Uh, Patrick, on, what he's saying. F- Patrick on Facebook. What happened to our pass rush? Oh, I know. Alton and Coleman were getting mugged all game without any holding calls, and the refs thought we were playing in Winston Salem. The refs sucked. I, I think s- they did get a holding call. Did I think they, they get did one? call one this year? I think they did. They called it actually the play where Jamie Newman got hurt. They called it because dude held. Um. Oh, yes. Kendall, or right. Alton Robinson Alton right Robinson. into him. He was holding his leg. He was holding his leg. First, that's the only one I remember all year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, but, I, I wasn't watching it too much uh, as far as Alton and Coleman, you know, getting held. I know that. I know that. Well, I saw holding. <laughs> I saw holding <laughs> yeah. on the last drive where where homeboy had all day to throw the ball and stuff, too. But, <clears throat> you know. For whatever reason, Joe, and I don't know if this is me being a baby, but I feel like the ACC refs have given us the short end of the stick. Not this year so much, but last year, like especially when, um, when Dungey was playing last year, I felt like it was bad, and I always feel like it's bad in basketball. So that's me. I don't know. 
What do you think? I just think that there's a human error when it comes to the referees where uh, I think that any fan on any team any day can complain and and, and make make, and make those assertions about that, right? But at yeah. the same time, if your team wins, you never talk about it usually, right? So, Well, here we I mean, are. Again, well, yeah, I mean, here we are. We're bringing it up because some guy basically brought it up at a fan feedback again. Um, I did see a little bit of pressure. Again, I do think that some of the them putting a little bit of pressure and closing that pocket on those quarterbacks made them overthrow some some throws. So, but again, it hasn't been like what it's been or what we thought it was going to be. <clears throat> and again, we get held. So yeah, Mark on Facebook, further away talent wise than you realize. Dino has not recruited. Uh, Mark, just take notes. This is long. Uh, Dino has not recruited a lot of ACC-level starters on either side of the line. Skill positions are okay, but thought, uh, but we thought the defensive backs were the strength of this team heading into the season, and they're actually historically bad once the games began. Despite the win and the three big plays by Cisco and Trill, they were mostly picked apart all day by a backup QB. Uh, 450 yards plus given up in the passing game to a backup. The big plays and interceptions don't matter if the other 10 times they throw it at you goes for a long score. So, well, to your point, Joe. Um, it's only did. 421 passing yards, by the way, but I'm not okay. going to nitpick anything. <clears throat> you just did. Oh, my bad. <laughs> like um, I said, I, so so again we've explained it over and over again about where they are as far as that goes um i don't know how you can look at the offensive line and the rushing yards and, and what we've done uh the past three games and say that we, he hasn't recruited acc talent yeah i on, would just you know, i would di- ends, i would so. disagree with with some of that plus you know you're looking at i some would guys disagree that are, with almost all of it almost all of it well I almost all, all the way back through it but um, skill positions are okay. I wouldn't disagree with that. Okay. But, well, well all right. I mean, you know, I don't think we got picked apart all game. I don't because I think the score would be higher. But obviously, I felt like we, we held our own. We also had a backup quarterback and struggled. Yeah. Mo Neal had some really good runs. And like we talked about, you know, offensive line really did a decent job in um, protecting. I mean, Clayton Welch only got sacked one time, right? If I'm not mistaken. I think it was only one time. So yeah. so they did a good job. And, you know, we've seen this kind of transition, you know, for a couple of games towards the end of the season. But I don't know how much we can judge off of, off of this year with given given the 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 injuries to start the season and kind of the shuffling of players that we had. Uh, next year, though, is going to be tough. Next year is going to be tough. We've lost a lot of really, um, you know, really good talent on, especially the defensive side of the ball. Well, you look at the defensive line and you look at the linebackers again. Um, that's going to be your turnover. I thought Mikel Jones he got some good some good burn, especially this year, but today. Um, and McKinley Williams, they're talking about he's coming back. I believe Kingsley Jonathan's coming back, so we're going to have a proven pass rusher that comes back in the defensive end. So uh, again. Uh, sometimes it doesn't seem as bad as what it is. And if it's as bad as what old boy just said in fan feedback, then it can only get better from here. Right. So, right. Yeah. It sounds like bottom of the barrel there, but yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, again, right. Yeah. So 
I and mean, as far as that defensive back, that was after a win too. So obviously, yeah. Frustrated. And as far as that defensive back comment, I don't know if we just went to a different one or whatever. But like, there's, I mean, I think I was trying to. We, I mean, we specific, I know, but we specifically <laughs> talked to an ex or an ex Syracuse player, and I'm sure that there's plenty of ex Syracuse players that will admit to you that these defensive backs are better than the ones they played with. So, yeah, they're. I mean, they're good. They're good. And 12 penalties for 122 yards didn't help either. No, it didn't. And, you know, well, you got to take off two of those. I mean, one was shoving a ref 30 yards and shoving a ref and getting your hand, your fingers just barely under the helmet of, of someone. Well, that should have been a penalty. What? They that both. Should, that's why That's why Nikeem Johnson reacted the way that he did. He was going down. It should have been a penalty. Oh, yeah. And he got hit from behind, though. Yeah. So And it was helmet so to helmet. Again, it sucks. Right. And I say, you know... <laughs> Never mind. And on top of that, giving up 572 <laughs> yards, I don't care how many yards you give up if we have five turnovers every game. So, yeah, and, I'll leave it and you know, Nikeem Johnson lost his cool, but and, and there's part of me that doesn't blame him. You know, I really, I, I, I'm not condoning any kind, you know, touching refs or anything, but you know, the ref kind of was in his bubble, by the way, too. So yeah, and it was uh, the same ref that didn't call the penalty. So right, exactly. I may have done the same thing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I actually put on Twitter. I said, you know, if you you know you're going to get ejected from touching the ref, you might as well make it worth it. Uh, uh, no, I do not Sweep condone this. I do not. I do not condone this. Um, uh, let's see. Accus Waterboy, our buddy Tony. Disappointed season, yes, but that was the absolute perfect way to cap off, cap it off and catapult us into 2020. It's 5:18, and we're still at. We're still here to see Mo for the senior walk. Orange for life. Uh, yeah, the senior walk is going to be a thing from here on until, I mean, I know Babers is going to do it every year. It's a new right. tradition that started last year. I was fortunate enough last year. I'll just mention that to see Dungey do it. And, um, that was awesome and, yeah. and started a new thing. And, you know, the, the, a lot of people stuck around and hung out for senior day and got another win on senior day, man. It's freaking huge. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, yeah. at, at oil Cuse, great win. Offensive look decent without Tommy. Uh, we need a uh, backup QB for next year. Great O-line play minus the penalties. These refs were a bunch of freaking clowns. I wonder how much money they lost on the game. Oh, Captain Patrick, right. he goes there. Hey. He goes there. He goes to, to the... It's the best comment so far. <laughs> no, I agree with every single one of those things. Yeah. Uh, at if not now when 84. I always have to slow down when I, when I say your Twitter handle, Mike. Literally was saying it's over as Trill ripped it out. What an ending. Go Cuse. Next year, let's get back to bowling. So, yes, let's see what happens. I mean, look. Right. Uh, we are starting to turn over. Um, would be next year? Yeah, would be, right? Be mostly what? mostly Babers recruits next year. That'll be his. Yeah, I mean, like I t- like I've talked about before. I mean, he was he was hired in what December December fifth of twenty fifteen. Signing day was February sixth of twenty sixteen. Yeah, it's not even two months, and so he had to figure a bunch of stuff out, and there was some attrition and. Uh, there were some guys that he took scholarships away from, and then there's guys that Schaefer had there, you know, committed that he he kept. But overall, uh, you don't give a guy two months to get a recruiting class and then say that's his class. So his no first way. class was Tommy DeVito, the Chris Elmore. So next year, his overall real first class, right. full year of recruiting, that is going to be they're going to be seniors. So right, um, minus any so that's, red shirt 
freshmen from well they wouldn't be freshmen anymore but well there's some six-year guys so right, right. right some some six-year guys will definitely uh like i think mckinley williams is probably one of those guys it's going to be his fifth year so he would have been a senior this year um so there's still guys that are still sticking around but, but for the very, most part though for the most part yes. though going to be all babies recruits and i only think it's fair to really not judge this coach on much of what's happened the past four years, he had the, the, you know, he had a lot of upperclassmen last year, which is why, and plus a lot of things went our way, which is why we ended up the way we did. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting next year. We'll get into all that. I'm sure we'll have plenty of episodes coming up. Oh, yeah. Coming up through. Well, just to kind of season. throw that on there, too. You know, did you see that DeVito, the little the stat thing that they popped up there in the middle of it? I did. Everyone wants to bang on DeVito when they're showing the AZC stats. Well, he's awesome on paper. He's been great on paper all year. Some of his decisions were questionable, but right. a lot of that stuff, and we've talked that we can't blame him for a ton of it. But what was it? Well, I missed it. Well, they were just talking about you know like touchdowns and passing efficiency and a lot of those things. Like they were showing some quarterback rankings, and basically, I mean, passing touchdowns, for instance, he's fourth in the ACC. Oh, no passing e- passing efficiency six. There's a couple other ones there. Uh, I think passing yards and one other one six and six. And you know he missed a little bit of time, but. Uh, for how people want to kind of bang on him, like, you know, he's – but there's 14 teams in the ACC. So to be ranked sixth not bad as a, as a redshirt sophomore, first year starting, mm-hmm. and, and playing through some injuries, uh, I, I like that. And I like how you we take a bye and we switch Cervase and we switch uh, uh, Vetterello and we have what we have. And now we're only losing Evan Adams next year. So now we're going to have four out of this five starting line coming back. With right. all the specialty players, especially except for Mo Neal coming back, so again for for an offense that was kind of middle of the road in the ACC offense, and you got most of the people coming back, uh, I think that <laughs> that's that that's looking pretty good. I think we got to figure out what the deal is with the defense and the coach, and kind of fill in those DNs and D tackles and linebackers. And there's more changes to come to the coaching staff. If you didn't listen to Babers' post game press conference, he said as much. So, um, you know, we'll have to see. We will update you as needed throughout the off season, and we will try to get something put together just to wrap the season up. We yes. will maybe we'll play some buy, sell, or hold. Get those questions in. Look, uh, I want to thank my bookie. I want to thank Blue Chew. Go to my bookie right now. They match you dollar for dollar. Use the promo code Chair when you're setting up that account. Blue Chew. Go ahead and get the. Um, Get the first shipment free. Just pay the $5 shipping. Use the promo code armchair for that. I want to thank Bluetooth. I want to thank my bookie. I want to thank all of you for listening, all of you who participate in fan feedback. Also, uh, that's it. That's it. James on guitar. And uh, that's that'll be all. Iowa pregame. What about me? No, I don't thank you. Iowa, Iowa pregame preview tomorrow. With James Zuba, get those questions in, statements, questions, answers, whatever, for buy, sell, or hold. For Joe, I'm Sean. We're out. Thanks for listening to the Q's Militia Podcast, the fan's voice with Sean and Joe. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. 
I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard, BMW, the ultimate driving machine. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Mm -hmm. 